Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. There's no question that Alberta is at the forefront of developing clean energy technologies, and our guest today is part of that transformation. Chris Chang is a senior development engineer with Ever, a tech-based energy company out of Calgary dedicated to creating clean, affordable, and scalable geothermal energy. Chris is here to chat about being an entrepreneur in Calgary and how he believes this new technology will benefit the world. Hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. So, Chris, a little bit about thermal uh, energy and and whatever is doing. Yeah, for sure. So, um, geothermal energy has been around for a long time and quite literally just means heat from the earth, so geo and thermal. Whatever is doing a little bit differently is that uh, we are putting together a closed geothermal technology. So traditional geothermal, you typically have to look for a permeable reservoir, uh, something with hot water or hot steam. And there's only a handful of places in the world that uh, have the subsurface that's suitable for geothermal energy. So that's why it hasn't really picked up uh, a lot of steam and a lot of popularity because it can only be done in certain places around the world. Uh, typically in places like Iceland or anywhere along the Ring of Fire, like Indonesia, places like that. Whatever is hoping to do is develop a technology that will be applicable in places all around the world. So we know the ground is hot beneath us everywhere we go. And when we eliminate the geological risk of having to find these hot aquifers, then we think that our technology and our total addressable market is uh, going to be much larger than traditional geothermal. So that's sort of our main business plan. So there's a lot of talk about reducing emissions, a lot of companies going to net zero by certain years. And, you know, you are claiming that this is emission free. So explain that, how that works. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so we don't, have any kind of fuel source, all we're doing is we're harvesting the heat from the earth. And the beauty of our technology is that uh, we make use of something called the thermocycling effect, where the working fluid within the Everloop, which is what we call our closed loop system, the working fluid within the Everloop uh, will naturally flow. And so uh, how that works is basically we have a closed loop system. We've got an inlet well, So a well drilled deep into the earth and an outlet well. And it's basically driven by the density difference between the two. So uh, it's not a perfect analogy, but you can sort of think of it as like a lava lamp. You know, when you run a lava lamp, it just naturally wants to flip itself over because the the hot stuff rises and the cold stuff tends to drop to the bottom. And that's what we're harvesting with the Everloop. And so uh, we don't have any sort of outside parasitic loads. And uh, once we get the thermocycling going, which we've demonstrated at our plant, uh, we've got a pilot demonstration just a couple hours outside of Calgary by Rocky Mountain House. Uh, it just keeps on wanting to flow forever. And so we have basically an emissions-free, doesn't require any fuel or grid connection uh, energy source. Uh, that, and that's how that works. And that's the, that's the real difference, right? Is that you don't have to heat anything up 
to, to and put it down into the ground. So you're not having to heat for steam or use a gas or anything like that. That's is is that not the big difference between what you're doing and other geothermal? And, and the question is, how does it get up? If it's down a few thousand meter below, how do you get it up? Yeah, it's uh, so. There's kind of two questions there. So I'll explain how it comes up. It, it's basically a density difference. So sort of the weight of the cold fluid pushes on the entire uh, fluid system. And so it just naturally will circulate because the, the cold fluid is heavier than the hot fluid. So there's sort of this natural pressure drive, which we call the thermocyte, that, um, that, that uh, demonstrates that physical effect. So so, so you, you have to, so, uh, Chris, sorry, you have to inject cold fluid in to get it up the, the, the um, warm one? I wouldn't say we inject. What we basically end up doing is we circulate. So if you think of, again, going back to the lava lamp analogy, it's the, the two colors in the lava lamp are basically circulating on its own, but there's really no outside forces causing that to happen. So, you know, you have a light bulb underneath the lava lamp that does that our light bulb is basically the natural heat that's in the earth. So it automatically heats the working fluid, which then rises to the top. And then naturally the cold fluid from surface will circulate down once we extract the energy out. So injecting isn't really the right word because that would sort of imply that we have like a pump at surface and we need to sort of source the fluid down. Um, what happens is it just occurs very passively and very naturally. So there's no outside energy source to cause our ever loop of flow. It's just being powered from the energy that's naturally inside the ground. Does that make sense? So in terms of scaling, you were talking about the scalability. How, 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 will, how will this impact households? How does that impact yeah. me as a householder? Uh, householder. <laughs> House owner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the thought was that eventually you can decarbonize um, an electric grid. Another thing that we can do as well is just provide direct heat. Now, that's something that le- that's less popular in, in Canada, um, but in, in places like Europe, which is uh, a market that we're very interested in as well, places like the Netherlands and Germany, most cities that are over 100,000 people have what are called these district heating networks. So rather than making power, we can just take that heat and directly use it to heat people's homes. So we're, we're kind of going on two fronts here. One, to make electricity. And then the second would be to uh, provide district heating for those networks that are already in place. Typically, those networks right now are being fueled by coal or heat recovery or, or biomass, which is uh, basically wood chips that's imported uh, into Europe. So uh, that's how that would affect you as a homeowner. So hopefully, you know, we, we see a benefit and a low-cost, uh, low-carbon uh, energy source. Tara mentioned that... Uh Alberta and Calgary are kind of forefront of trying to get green energy. What's the difference and what the advantage or disadvantage uh, compared to uh, windmills or, or the, uh, the solar systems, uh, solar kind of uh, system that we're trying to get uh, energy from compared yeah, to sure. uh, y- your system? Yeah. So another big competitive advantage of the Evolute, besides the natural thermocycling that occurs, is the fact that we are what's called baseload energy and dispatchable. So the opposite of baseload would be intermittent. And so things like wind and solar, they, they produce energy at a very low cost, but only when the sun is shining 
or when the wind is blowing. And so those are only happening during certain parts of the day. And so at that point, you definitely want to uh, rely on solar because that's your lowest cost of energy. We think the Everloop is going to be complementary to that because we can, the heat from the ground doesn't really follow like a day-night cycle. And so that, that heat is constant. So we can provide energy throughout uh, the night and the peak hours where if you just had solar alone, um, you know, maybe it produces energy for 8 to 12 hours a day, depending on where you are in the world. But then uh, you have to have things like battery backup or any, some other type of energy storage. The Everloop doesn't need that. It basically can operate 24-7 if we want it to. Or we can speed it up and slow it down because we have full control of the working fluid that uh, we can be complementary to wind and solar. So we kind of see ourselves not as competitors to those intermittent technologies, but uh, one where we can be complementary, where if wind and solar aren't uh, generating electricity because the sun's not shining or the wind's not blowing, then the Evolute can step in and uh, sort of fill those gaps. So where are you now with this project? Are you, how far away are you from commercialization? Yeah, good question. So we brought our uh, pilot plant online in 2019. And so it's been running for just about two years now. And that's sort of demonstrating the thermosiphon effect, demonstrating some of the other subsurface technologies that uh, we want to use in our commercial project. Uh, We're in the process of commercializing our German project right now. It's um, in the southern part of Germany in Bavaria. It's called our Gerrits Reed project. And that one right now is uh, undergoing fundraising for the project financing, as well as uh, just sort of the late stages of of detailed engineering. So we should be fairly close to FIB, uh, I would say, hopefully within the next uh, 12 months here. Chris, we have to take a commercial break. Our guest today is Chris Chang, Senior Development Engineer with Ever Technologies. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. And we are back with our guest, Chris Chang, Senior Development Engineer with Ever Technologies, Inc. Chris, you know, you mentioned Iceland, you mentioned Indonesia, you mentioned Germany. Let's bring it home. Okay. You have Calgary, 1.3 million people. How do you make us net-free emission and, you know, save on our bills and enjoy warmth and electricity? Let's bring it home. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah I actually think the whatever it can bring to Calgary and the province in general is, is more than that. Um, what we're looking to do basically is turn Alberta into a place where this technology is exportable. So rather than thinking just, okay, how am I going to affect 1.3 million people's power and heat bills? Why don't we think about it more like um, growing this technology? Because we have the know-how here, there's a reason why our headquarters are based in Calgary. Uh, I come from the oil and gas industry. I spent uh, my first 10 years there. Of uh, my career, shocking and shocking, and uh, <laughs> what I what I learned though in, in my year and change here with Ever is that 
uh, there's overlap, a lot of overlap between geothermal and oil and gas. So one, one major thing larger than just cheap heating bills is facilitating that transition whereby we can hire the, the manufacturing expertise, the geoscience expertise, the engineering expertise. All the people here in Calgary and in Alberta are, are very good at managing these large utility-sized projects. You know, we're used to doing that in the oil sands. We're not afraid of several hundred million dollar or billion dollar projects. And so I think the true opportunity here is for Alberta to become a leader to export this technology, you know, within North America and ultimately globally. And so uh, we're creating sort of this new industry where we can repurpose all the blue and white collar expertise that's inside this province and sort of help with the energy transition. And I don't think oil and gas is going anywhere because it's not, and we're going to need that for the next several decades. But to sort of attack that from a different angle is sort of what I think uh, Ever Technologies can bring to the table. And, you know, the other beautiful thing about Calgary is being an entrepreneur myself and with the history that I had, we just have this attitude where there's a lot of people that are very innovative, uh, very ambitious. And so it's a great place to acquire all the talent and keep it together as well. So um, I think Ever... Uh, we're, we're thinking a little bigger than just lowering home and heating bills. So I, I hope that answers your question sort of indirectly. Um, and I think as a result of us doing that, growing our technology, bringing it to everybody around the world, inevitably that will make Alberta green itself. Hmm. That, I love that answer. You really summarized the why behind your, the company and then the purpose of the company, which is much greater than, you know, what we were focusing on. So thank you. Um, you know, what I love is hearing in your voice, you're truly passionate about what you're doing here. There's just nothing like a startup vibe, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, coming from oil and gas is sort of the total opposite. And don't get me wrong. I like working there and they gave me sort of the security and the financial comfort I needed to be able to sort of make that jump because I think it's hard to say whether or not I would have done that, right? Without uh, sort of how, how well the oil and gas industry has, has, has treated myself, even, even with the, the past decade being what it was. And so um, definitely for sure, I'm, I'm very passionate and it, it's helpful to be part of such a, a great team. So I joined a great team and I think I bring a lot to the table as well. And so um, we're hoping to, as we grow, we continue to attract uh, the talent here and hopefully have them switch over, you know. We're with Chris Chang. Uh, he is a, um, what, I need to get your exact, senior development engineer yeah. with Ever Technologies. And Chris, I just want to switch gears a little bit here. You went to U of C, graduated with your engineering degree here. Where did you get the business acumen to become an entrepreneur? You've started up a, a couple companies and done very well. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, that's a good question. I think um, some of it just comes naturally. It's always been interesting to me. And so uh, I've always been, I guess, more of a problem solver. And so if I can bring it back to the ugly Christmas sweaters, it's... Uh, you know, we got invited to an ugly sweater party, some friends and I found out that we couldn't really find any. And I think people's natural tendency would be to just say, oh, it was so difficult to find some, like, you know, and then you just complain. But a couple of friends and I, we, we like to solve these problems that we have day to day. And so 
instead of just complaining about not being able to find one, we said, okay, well, maybe there's a business opportunity here. And that's how we ended up starting the business. And so I think I sort of have a natural problem solving tendency. And I think that in itself leads to business ideas. And, and as that experience continues to grow, sort of more and more opportunities come across my desk and it uh, kind of snowballs in on itself. So I would, I would say that's sort of how I got my start is sort of this curiosity and this tendency to want to problem solve as opposed to just sitting back and waiting for someone to solve it for me. Chris, uh, one of the things you mentioned is that you're going now through an experiment in uh, South Germany in the Bavaria area, Schwarzwald, which is a great, uh, nice area. Uh, I was there on my honeymoon many, many years ago. But, um, you know, you went to Dragon's Den to raise money, and now you're talking about raising money here. Do you get any help uh, from our sources here, like Calgary Economic Development, OSIF, uh, the uh, Opportunity Calgary Investment Fund? How do you raise money? And Because what you described sounds like, you know, something that can in 10 years change the world. And But there's a problem for every entrepreneur is, where do I get the money? So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so number one, I can't really take credit for any of the fundraising that that ever's done. I, I, when I joined, they had already raised a bunch of money uh, and, you know, and, and more of it, we did close a bigger deal while I was here and I was definitely a part of that. But um, the, there's, we've definitely gotten a lot of help uh, from various government organizations, especially to get um, our pilot going. So we had funding from SDTC for that and Alberta Innovates. And I think once we had the pilot in the ground, uh, it became easier. Again, this is something that tends to snowball. So once you've shown that you can do something and, and you did what you say you're going to do, then more people are willing to take that risk. And so we've definitely enjoyed uh, the help and appreciated the help that we got to get our pilot in the ground. And that's enabled us to close our latest funding deal, which we closed in uh, February, February of this year for about $50 million. And that was uh, including some some major players like like, BP and Chevron, who not only do we appreciate their funding, but also the clout that they bring behind it. So we think, you know, if we're not looking for more now, but if we were to be, uh, having those names behind us will inevitably be of benefit to us. Um, in terms of the local funding sources, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like an entirely different playing field. You know, I, I can't even really put the dragon's den there because, you know, that amount where we raised like $30,000 it was almost like a friends and family thing. And it was like kind of a fun, silly thing to do. But uh, I would say for this, it's, um, it's, it's a bit of a bigger, bigger deal. It's, it's larger than myself. And so um, I, I, I give credit to the team that uh, the ever founders have put together to be able to do that. They're all seasoned professionals who know how to uh, use the resources that are and connections that are available to them in order to get that original, original uh, round of seed funding. On your website, there's a wonderful, uh, I think, like seven or ten minute uh, movie that I watched yesterday, and uh, I was very impressed. Uh, so, how far are we from having the Earth as the battery that moves the world? Because you use, you guys use the word, the Earth is the is a battery. So, how yeah. far are we from being there? Yeah, for sure. It's sort of like um, the sun. We know the energy is there. We know there's a, a more energy than we'll ever need in 
from the core of the earth and the center of the earth, and that's radiating outwards, and that's what keeps the ground. Um, I would say we're basically there now. We're, we're close to uh, the commercial project in Germany, and it really just becomes a um, sort of the will of the regulatory bodies to make it happen uh, and the economics. But we know the heat is everywhere. We're just trying to find a way to harvest it in a way that's economical. And so we're starting in places like Germany. And I, I'd love to be able to say uh, that we have one here in Canada. But the difference there is that they have what's called a feed-in tariff or a FIT. And they, there's a lot more government support uh, in Germany to, to uh, transfer and over to renewables. And so even though the cost of doing business there is uh, twice as high, but if you get five times the top line revenue, then it, then it makes it worthwhile. And so um, I, ho- I hope the, the regulations, and I think we are seeing that change, but the regulations and the local support here within Canada and North America, as it continues to improve and people see the benefits of the transition to renewable energies, um, we can make the, the economics work. And I think the technology that we have uh, that we're bringing to the table already has us there uh, with the oil and gas technology that we're bringing uh, to geothermal, something that hasn't really been done because it traditionally has been so niche. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, We learned a lot in this interview. We look forward to seeing wherever technologies will take us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, uh, David and Tara, for having me. And uh, thanks again for the chat. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com.